been looking for a home in this neighborhood, and nothing that fits our needs seems to be available. Then our realtor told us about the FHA 203K program, where we can find a smaller room and use that program to add another room and remodel the home all in the same loan. The same loan we used to purchase the home. What a great idea. Welcome to our radio show, Love My Renovation Project. Gosh, it's already February 16th. Can you believe it? Day 2500 just starting up. Wife's in there watching that. <laughs> I'm glad to get out of the house. Reading my David Baldacci book and all. Anyway, our shows are primarily for consultants, homeowners, lenders, Anyone else involved with renovation loans are welcome to call in. Uh, if you're a teacher, fireman, policeman, prison guard even, EMT, and you're looking to purchase a home, how about getting 50% off on your next home? Call in and find out how you can do this. 888-627-6008. That's right. 888-627-6008. You know, sometimes a homeowner doing a, two, a renovation loan, whether it's 203K, VA, FHA, um, they may find themselves between a rock and a hard place. Uh, you should know that most 203Ks go off without a, a hitch, without any problems, without any issues, and, and you hear nobody talking about those because they went so smooth, there's nothing to talk about. But every once in a while, you get a, a issue or two, and you seems like nobody's on your side. Well, we have you're back. Uh, with your renovation project, if you don't mind discussing it on live radio, Paul, call in and talk to it. But if you do and you don't want to talk on radio or you're thinking about a lawsuit, you're trying to figure out what's the next step, uh, we've helped lots of people so far, and this initial call is totally free. Uh, there may not be a charge at all. A lot of times we can help you right over the phone, tell you what to do. You take the reins and you do it. And there's no cost from us at all, no fees, nothing. Uh, but if you, you want that service, you go into 203, see, let's go on the web, www.203k911.com. Uh, there's a lot of consultants out there listening to this program, and I want you to know that you can also go to 203k911.com and we'll discuss any issues you might have. Now, I'm on the Internet on blogs now and then, all the time, actually. Uh, not just now and then, but much more than that. And I'm following one right now where the lender, somebody asks about a septic system. It's only $15,000 to replace it and wants to know, is that a limited 203K, which can go up to 35000 including costs and fees. And some lender joined in and said, yeah. I mean, your consultant, your lender may require a consultant, and that's, that's their prerogative, but you certainly don't need one. Well, that's not true. Uh, if you look at the 4,000.1 guidelines for, I think it's page 352, uh, but I do that from memory. So uh, just search for septic and go down to the second one. I think that will put you in the right place. HUD regards septic replacement as 
structural. Anything structural is not a limited 203K. If it's structural, it's a standard or full 203K and therefore requires a consultant. Now, well, consultants weren't required on standard 203Ks either uh, up until 2014. Now they are. So, you know, from or 1961 to 2014, you could do a standard 203K without a consultant. As long as you knew what you were doing, I could get it through. So just recognize that. But a, any septic work is a consultant K. It's not an option. It's not a choice of the lender. It's nobody's choice. It's written in the guideline that you must use a consultant. So uh, we'll see how that comes out. So far, this lender is arguing with me, and they're going to lose that argument. But the last thing they said is, Mr. Young, you are absolutely incorrect. And Mr. Young is not incorrect very darn often. <laughs> not that I can be. Don't get me wrong. I can be. I was wrong once about 35 years ago uh, when I thought I was wrong and found out I wasn't. So my mistake was that I thought I was wrong and wasn't. And that's a joke for those of you who are listening. Anyway, uh, a consultant may direct you to a contractor suitable for your project if you don't have one already. It's not their job. In fact, HUD would prefer we didn't do that. But sometimes it's, it's easier to do that than to drag this thing months when somebody tries to find a suitable contractor. And the way we've done that over the years is to provide a list of contractors close by who've been successful at 203K and understand they're not going to get upfront money. They're just going to uh, uh, <laughs> I've been distracted, can you tell? Uh, they know they're not going to get any upfront money and they have to start the project with their own money or credit. And that's what it's all about. And then when you get the work done, it's paid for. Then you get more work done and it's paid for. And each time it's paid for, they can pay off their bills or they can drag and use that money for other things to purchase and pay it off in a couple more weeks. While the program was set up for having a draw each and every 30 days, of course, that doesn't always happen. And then you have another contractor that tells you right up front, I'm going to have this job done. I know you've given me six months, but I'm going to knock this thing out in two months. But we're going to need a draw every two weeks. Well, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've had contractors do that. Uh, in fact, two of the contractors that I love working with most, one of them's out of Sacramento and the other one's out of Fairfield, California, they are so fantastic. Uh, they get the work done, and they understand that they get more per hour the faster they get that job done. I wish more contractors understood that. So if you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss more specific, yeah, with more specific terms and you want to be, and you don't want to be on the radio, then free, go to 203K911, scroll down to the contact form, and we can address it on our next radio show, which is every Sunday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our broadcasts come to you straight from Las Vegas, Nevada. 
you know, we have an office set up here uh, in our home where we a studio and so forth, so we can do all this from here. Um, and if you're a, anybody in this thing and you have a question about a HUD guideline, you can always call 800-CALL-FHA. It's 800-C-A-L-L-F-H-A. And you can ask your question of a knowledgeable person at FHA right there. Now, does that mean they won't call you back? No, they might. If they don't know the answer it's off the top of their head or can't locate the answer immediately, they're going to suggest that they get back to you with the answer. And then, uh, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So you won't find out that day. If you want to know that day, call us. We'll tell you. Uh, I got a kick out of it back in, oh, 2000, no, 1995, 1995. Uh, the guy that created the consultants for HUD, Mr. Ken Crandall, would leave on vacation. And when he did, he, he put an automatic responder. So when people emailed him, it would respond back and say, hey, I'm on vacation. Don't bother me. But if you have a question you need it answered, dial 877-207-6565. And, whoa, that's my phone number. That's our 877 line. And I used to get phone calls. I remember one I got from Shreveport, Louisiana. It was a Saturday. Saturdays, I may not answer the phone, Mike Young team. I may not answer the phone. Anyway, you might suspect, because it is Saturday. So I picked the phone up and I said, hello, how are you? This is Mike Young. And the guy on the other side said, you better start answering that phone. This is Housing and Urban Development. And I said, oh, why would I do that? Well, because it's Housing and Urban Development, isn't it? Or if I got the wrong number, and I said, well, it depends. And that's when he explained he was with HUD in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he had a question for Ken Crandall, and that my number was on the responder and I said well you got everything why don't you ask your question and he asked his question and I answered his question and as I was answering it uh, way back then and people didn't know about that as I had a searchable PDF I had created of all HUD documents all the HUD mortgagee letters and I just did a quick search while we were talking about his subject and he specifically went on to the next question which I had anticipated it said, uh, do you know where I could find that in the guideline? And I rattled that off to him, and, and he says, you don't work for HUD? And I said, no, sir, I don't work for HUD, but I am a HUD representative indirectly, being a 203K consultant. And when I first got into this business, I was had decided to be, make myself an expert. How did I do that? I said, well, I'll take on any questions and find the answer if I didn't know the answer and get back to the people. But it didn't take very long. Uh, Ken Crandall and I were talking on the phone probably once or twice a week for many weeks, and I poked holes everywhere in his guideline. And he agreed with me 99% of the time or showed me why it couldn't be that way the other 1% of the time. But in any case, it was a great relationship, a great partnership, and we were always willing to go anywhere if they needed someone to go down and talk about the 203K for HUD, 
on HUD's behalf, I was always there to do that for them when they requested it. So I got a question for you that came in. You know, why would a home inspector want to become a 203K consultant? Why would you want those credentials added to your resume? Well, uh, I was a home inspector for about 30 years before I heard about the 203K. Uh, it's a construction loan guarantee program, and I heard about it in 1994 when they were creating consultants. I, I always love it. I've got a guy in North Carolina that says he's been doing consulting for 35 years now. 35 years, okay. They've only existed for 25 years, but uh, you've been doing it for 35 years. That's cool. Uh, more power to you if you can do it 10 years before they even started. That's one wonderful idea. I'd already bought and sold over 300 buildings and was used to waiting, excuse me, walking through a building and determining what cost it would take to fix this thing up. So when I heard about the 203K and saw what it was, it was a natural for me. The only thing different I had to do was write it down. Uh, one of my favorite contractors uh, that took a lot of 203K work, by the way, he never could write up a, a bid, and I didn't realize that he was illiterate. Uh, a close friend of mine, I would say he was my best friend at one point before he passed away, but we would walk through a house. We'd both come out of that house and start talking. Uh, and he would say, okay, I can fix this house for $75,000. And I thought to myself, well, just aren't close to where I thought it was. But, in fact, we write it down. We put it down in a logical uh, manner so that anybody can follow the logic. And that's what it's all about is, is there's got to be – a logic, logical solution, and by when you break a bid down and put how many lineal feet, how many square feet, uh, and so forth, or what is it going to cost to fix this, and you start writing that down, Lordy, you are now finding out the fine uh, points of that project. Uh, anyway, hey, I see that uh, Doug is waving at me. He's our producer. Good to see you. It's always good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Anyway, call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. Um, ask your questions, whatever, but we'll be right back after we take a short break. So stay tuned with us. We love our neighborhood. And schools here are great for the kids. But our family has outgrown our home due to the new baby on the way. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we can add a room or two to our home and refinance the existing loan, all in one low-interest 30-year loan. What a great idea! idea. Uh, anytime you can get the money to purchase or refinance your house and get money to fix it up, I think that's a fantastic idea. It's low interest. It's not like a construction loan. 
which might cost you nine points or ten, excuse me, two or three points, but nine percent interest. Uh, I've paid as much as 12 percent interest on some renovation loans that I've had in the past. I wish I had known about the 203K at the time. In those days, uh, it was easy to get, you know, from 61, 1961 to 1995, I would have been in hog heaven getting loans for my renovation projects. And a lot of it was, I was keeping, you just can't in those days keep more than seven units in a neighborhood. And they regarded that as within a two or three block area. Uh, but at one point we had 300 units. It was a daily chore. We meet with my good buddy Fred. Fred, rest in peace. I uh, love you still. Uh, miss you terribly. Uh, Fred passed away a couple of years ago with Parkinson's. Uh, but he and I used to have a ball together. We'd get together and we'd had split up the work, and he'd go one way and I'd go the other way, and at noon we'd meet up. Quite often we'd meet up at this little Chinese restaurant that we both liked. And believe it or not, this Chinese guy named Gary would meet us at the door. Hey, Fred, how are you? I'm Mr. Young. I, I don't know how many times I told Gary, it's okay to call me Mike. Okay, Mr. Young, I'd be happy to call you Mike, Mr. Young. Uh, Fred, right this way, you know, and he'd see us. He never did call me uh, Mike. He called me Mr. Young all the time. Uh, I got people on all through the eastern seaboard that called me Mr. Mike. <laughs> they couldn't call me just Mike. It was always Mr. Mike, and it was their way of being uh, respectful, I suppose. Anyway, we were talking about why would a home inspector like to have a 203K consulting on their resume, and, and frankly, I don't know why they wouldn't, but it is, it is easier to take a contractor and turn him into a 203K consultant than it is a home inspector, because I can teach a contractor how to home inspect easier than I can teach a home inspector how to price out the cost of repairs. Now, there's only one state that I'm aware of, Florida that now requires home inspectors to price out repairs that are required so that people feel more at ease if they have an idea how much is it going to cost to make the repairs that are required for this house. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, I remember a house on, God, is it Arrowwood? Arrow, Arrow something in Oakland, California on the hills that I had uh, been hired by Wells Fargo at that time, who's not currently doing 203Ks. They asked me to come out and do a feasibility analysis, and I did, I agreed to do that, asked them for any reports and all reports that they might have in their possession. They said, oh, we don't have anything. Just get out there and do your job, do your thing. Well, the house had its own problems, but on the hillside that it was built on, there was subsidence. The ground was actually flowing towards the house, and there were three retaining walls that had failed, but you could look at the trees on the top of that hill, and they were all leaning towards the house. As the earth moved and the roots held the tree in place, the top ground moved and took the top part of the tree 
a ground level part of the tree and pulled it towards the house, causing these trees to sort of lay over. Um, so we knew we had to replace those three retaining walls at a minimum with something that's more substantial and would get down to some solid base. Uh, that is a phenomenon that happened, oh, I don't know, a few years back, quite a few years back, 25 years, 20 years ago. But the city of Oakland doesn't even allow hillside construction anymore during the rainy season because they know, they recognize they have problems. Those hills are moving in Hill. But I don't know how many times home inspectors have told me that they have been accused of killing the deal merely by pointing out the house's deficiencies. And as a home inspector, that's exactly what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to identify issues, not to kill the deal, but identify issues so the borrower knows what they're getting into. Well, a 203K consultant does that as well, but also puts a price. What would it cost to fix that issue? To repair that issue and make it a non-issue. That way, the borrower can make a or an, an educated guess or an, an educated offer on that property. Um, I can't tell you how many times I hear realtors complaining that they're just getting up to closing when all of a sudden some investor comes in and offers all cash to a homeowner that they're trying to sell a house to and have a contract on. And for one reason or another, they take the lowball investor deal because it's all cash. Funny. Every sale ever in the history of the world, every deal is an all-cash deal to seller. Every deal is an all-cash deal to seller. With FHA, the homeowner puts 3.5% down. The lender puts 96.5% down. But it's all cash to the seller. So why would they be tempted to take an all-cash offer from an investor that's a low-ball offer? That's crazy. So just... <laughs> You have to get your sales pitches ready to go so that when that happens, you you actually know what to say to combat it. But getting back to the home inspector and why you want to be a consultant, I, I think it's more money and less liability. You know, you're going to fix anything that's wrong. How many times a realtor sells a house and they sell it in June and September or October, the rain start, November maybe, and the roof leaks, who's going to get sued? Well, everybody knew that roof was iffy at best. And now, so they're going to sue the realtor. You sold me a house and the roof leaks. How, how could that happen? Well, it does. It does happen. And if you sold the house, you should have known better, they think. Although they hired a home inspector, and the home inspector said, that he thought it might have two years remaining economic life. Oh, I guess he's going to get sued too. Where the consultant would have said, hey, you know, this roof looks iffy. I think we should replace it. No better time than now. You're already going to be doing some work before you get in there. Let's replace it. Uh, another big mistake, though, from homeowners' point of view, 
because they want to get out of their existing house and into the new house as soon as possible. So they bring everything over and store it in the garage, right? Store it in the house, not realizing that the contractor's going to be resurfacing that floor in the house where they just stacked all that stuff. <laughs> no! Or in the garage. We had one a while back where they stored all our stuff in the garage. They were smart enough to keep it out of the house. But then when the roof was removed, it was a wood shake roof. And as you know, we have skip sheeting. Uh, in other words, there's a, what, a four-inch board and then a four-inch space and a four-inch board and a four-inch space. And they put the new roof up there, and things fell through the four-inch space. As they put their new plywood over there, they knocked stuff into those houses, into those stored boxes, and just infuriated the homeowner. Well, you know, whose fault is it? Homeowner, you brought the stuff in, and you knew the stuff was, the roof was going to be replaced. It's your fault. Contractor, you knew you were taking a roof off, and there was skip sheathing underneath, and you were going to drop things in their boxes. Oh, it's your fault. So who pays for it? Contractor's insurance, probably. That's what happened in our case. Homeowner raised a fuss, but there's no talking about it. You'd think that they could just calmly explain their case and argument, but this particular homeowner was a ranting and raver. She liked to scream and yell. She found out that in most cases she could win by screaming and yelling, and uh, I, I just don't think that. You know, it's funny as I was a drill sergeant in the United States Army, and I didn't yell. I didn't have to. I just expected... Uh, people to be in the air when I said jump and not asking me how high. So, anyway. Uh, most home inspectors are not responsible to tell the client about how much would it cost to correct the deficiencies. Just report the facts. Well, a homeowner might suggest there, there are several broken windows in this house that should be fixed for health and safety. Or a consultant will say there's actually three broken windows in this house. And we're going to be replacing the glass. Or we're going to be replacing all the windows in the house with dual pane, low E, uh, energy efficient windows. But we make that decision. We don't, where a homeowner might recommend that a licensed roofer look at the roof, we don't. We, we make that call, you know, remove the existing roof and put new plywood sheathing and then put tar paper and shingles to the manufacturer's specification. So a homeowner, excuse me, a home inspector will make recommendations and sometimes that is a little infuriating to the homeowner who's hired this home inspector to look at their house and tell them what is wrong with it. Well, and then he tells you, you need another inspection. Hire an engineer to look at the foundation because it's cracked and it looks like it's moving or there's a crack it's opened up a half inch so you've got some separation and it's starting to rotate on one side or the other or both one side is rotating in one direction the other side is rotating in a different direction um, by the separation it likely doesn't have any concrete in the uh, 
foundation because all concrete cracks. Uh, but if it's a hairline crack and there's no separation or rotation, then you're probably going to be okay. Uh, so. Anyway, those are the kind of differences that between a home inspector and a consultant. Again, the home inspector is going to say you might have several broken windows. The consultant is going to say you have three two-foot by four-foot uh, glass windows that are the panes are broken and should be replaced or will be replaced, and you put a bid in on it so they know exactly how much. That house that we had in Oakland on the hillside, yes, I know, we're rambling a little bit, but you can stop me by calling in and being part of the show at 888-627-6008, and I won't ramble so much. Uh, we'll be right back after we take this short break. So stand with us. Stay with us. We moved into our new home knowing it had faults when we discovered more damage than anticipated. Then we heard about the renovation loan that would allow us to refinance the loan and get the money to make those repairs all in one, one low-interest loan. What a great idea. Hey, it is a great idea. It's a very great idea. We're back with you. Call us at 888-627-6008. Toll free to be part of the program. Um... We were just talking about why is it important to be, if you're a home inspector, to add 203K consulting to your resume. I think it's uh, it's a nice addition. Uh, you're already inspecting houses. Why not give them that little extra information that tells them how much it's going to cost? Now, that house in Oakland that had the subsidence, uh, it had a lot of other things wrong with it. We put the deal together a bid. They had not received an offer on that property in 18 months. They were a little upset that they still had that house and no offers. No offers for a long time makes you wonder if you got a price too high. Uh, they didn't think so. They knew what they had loaned on it before. Uh, so we put out our feasibility analysis. They printed it up and stuck it in the house. So when people would come to look at the house, they would see the list of repairs that were recommended by us as consultants and how much it would cost to make those repairs. And we get a phone call. By the way, they sold the house the next day after we put our report in there. Uh, we didn't put it in there. The, the realtor did. The house sold with the first people that looked at it afterward because they knew how much it's going to cost to fix that house. So if you're a realtor and you've got a house that needs repair, call a consultant. It doesn't have to be us. We'd like it if it was us, no matter where in the country you might be. And we'll help you put a price to that so people that are buying it know what it's going to cost to fix that up. And that's what it's all about because then they get the real cost of that property. Uh, did you know, too? If you buy a house, as a homeowner, you buy a house, and you get into it, you know that it needs a little bit of fixing up, and you figure you're going to do that out of your pocket. That's okay. But we've had lots and lots of clients 
that started out that way and realized very quickly as they started making the repairs that were necessary that there was more work than they anticipated. Or as they tore this wall out, oh my God, it's a bearing wall. You know, you can't just do that. You need somebody with expertise to determine if it's a bearing wall or a non-bearing wall. Bearing walls is what's holding up the house. So you know the outside walls are holding up the house, but some inside walls are holding up the center of the house. Okay, so you don't want to just arbitrarily start tearing walls out until you've gone in the attic and looked around or had somebody go in the attic and look around and make sure you weren't disrupting the bearing walls, walls that are supporting the center of that structure. So anyway, I got a call from a, cons a consultant not too long ago that said, I'm have, having a lender demand that I put permit fees as a line item in my bid. I'm refusing. Can you tell me more uh, that I've told them below so that apparently it's coming from their department head at headquarters and not from the local branch. No, they cannot be included as a line item. Uh, I had HUD give us a letter. Uh, I knew I was right, but I, I contacted HUD and HUD's response to me was, you are correct in your explanation that permits must not be included in the work write-up. It must be broken down and input in the maximum mortgage worksheet. Now, who fills out the maximum mortgage worksheet? The lender does. The contractor's not ever going to see it, and he'll put permits in his bid quite often and expect to see it. So you have to show him where it is. It's on the, um, the recap of the subtotal is where it'll show up and on the maximum mortgage worksheet, which the lender fills out. And very seldom does anybody else see it but the lender and HUD. But renovation loans are all about providing you with financing to purchase or refinance your first loan and get the money to fix it up all in one low-interest loan. Again, if you'd like to be part of the show today, call us at 888. That's right. Pick that pencil up. Write it down, 888-627-6008. Um, we had some chatter on the uh, blogs, I guess, the 203K blogs out there. With One of them is all consultants. One is consultants and lenders. And here's a great reason. This happened to me not too long ago, there's a great reason to enforce having your draw inspections each 30 days. The final draw hasn't been requested. It's now been 90 days. Uh, we are not, consultants are not the babysitters, but if they enforce this 30-day rule, they could save a lot of headaches. Um, in this particular case, I get a phone call from the contractor and he wants to know, hey, I haven't got my last check. When will I get it? And my comment was, I don't recall doing a final draw. Oh, well, let's get out there and do a final draw. I said, wait a minute. You've done these. This is not your first rodeo. You've done two or three cases. Did you order a final draw ever? No, but we fixed, finished this project. I thought the homeowner was going to order a final draw. 
That's what they told me. And I said, well, did you sign the paperwork? No. Then you, in fact, know there wasn't a final draw. So we tried to set that draw up. And guess what? contractor found out when he asked the lender, I mean the homeowner, if we could get that draw accomplished. Uh, he says, can we do that this weekend or whatever? And they said, no, no, we already refinanced the house. They refinanced the house that was under construction. That's really odd. Except the construction was finished. So they called a lender, the same lender that had the construction loan, also said, well, yeah, we'll, we've got this construction budget here that you haven't called for yet. And they said, well, it's our money. Let's refinance. And the lender said, yeah, it's your money. We'll give it to you. You pay the contractor. That's not the way it should have gone down. According to the FHA 203K, you shouldn't be refinancing without closing that construction out. So I'm afraid they're going to be named in the lawsuit. Uh, who else? Well, let's see. The title company, they bought this. We had title insurance. I would go after the title company. You guys have title insurance. We had a project in, under construction. The homeowner was paid, but we weren't. So they filed a lien now. And it looks like it's going to get nasty. But contractor has has the house. He's got a lien on it. He's got title insurance backing him up. He's got a lender who paid the loan off knowing they owed the contractor money. A lot of mistakes were made. A lot of people stand to lose on this. Um, and I'm the only one being threatened. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be there, Mr. Young. Anyway, this is just a great reason for enforcing your 30-day inspections. If anybody had done that, if the lender... After 30 days of no construction going on, they should have called for it. So, again, the lender's got an additional liability, in my opinion. Uh, I'm sure the attorneys will all work it out. Uh, the reasoning was, even though they hadn't, they realized the construction wasn't complete. It was the borrower's money, and they paid it out to the borrower so they could pay the contractor. But the contractor wasn't paid, and they also had an additional bunch of work that was done. Uh, contractor, if you're going to take on additional work and not let the consultant know, maybe there's no more contingency, so there's no reason for the consultant to know, file a 20-day 20, a 20 pre-lean notice. Uh, even though you don't have to have a pre-lean notice as the general, it's wise. Throw it in there. It throws mud on the title. So in the title company, uh, comes in and says, oh, you, do, you, do they owe you money? Well, let's make sure that gets paid off because we're guaranteeing a clear title. And the only way we can do that is against recorded liens or recorded pre-lien notices. So, anyway, uh, we had another question that came up, I noticed on the Internet, about landscaping. Can landscaping be done under the FHA 203K? Well, the answer is truly yes or no. Yes and no. How can it be yes and no? If it's yes, then it's not no, and if it's no, it's not yes. So, well, it's all in a way you write it up. There is two places in the guideline. One says it can be done, 
and another place in the guidelines that no landscaping can be done. So you have to be as a consultant. So what you write it up. I've never had any trouble doing landscaping. Now, when I say landscaping, I'm talking about trees. You can plant trees. You can plant lawns. You can do sprinkler systems, provided you're doing it for erosion control. If you're doing it for erosion control, it's allowed. Uh, one couple of consultants said, well, we always include it under grading. Well, how do you include sprinkler system and call it grading? I call it a sprinkler system for erosion control. We want that sprinkler system to make sure that lawn stays there once we put it in. Erosion doesn't, I mean, the grading doesn't include lawns usually. So we put it in lawn, you know. It's a permanent fixture on that house. And if you have a good sprinkler system planted close to the house, sprinkling away from the house, you're not going to get damage to your T111 siding if you have that, uh, and so forth. So you, you have to be smart enough to write it up properly in the first place. So consultant question, a whole consultant itself. A consultant is a misunderstood but crucial part of your renovation team. Got a call from a longtime client the other day. Yes, God, it's been a couple of years ago. I've been here in Las Vegas for a couple of years now, so just before I moved here. And they wanted a list of contractors in the area of their new home. I said, why would you want a list of contractors? Uh, well, we've been trying to get a bid on our house for two months, three months. And everybody here that we know in, in Napa is busy due to the fires in California. And I, frankly, that question surprised the heck out of me because these people had done lots and lots of two or three Ks with me over the years. Um, they knew that, uh, you know, they, they knew, but when I expressed my concern, I said, why didn't you just tell me to go do it? Oh, well, you charge a fee. I said, yeah, but you'd have known two months ago what the cost was going to be. And now you're two months down the road. You still haven't identified a contractor. And I would have had three contractor bids for you by now, uh, at least two plus my bid, and you'd be under construction. Uh, your house is not anywhere near Napa. Why would you be looking at Napa contractors? You know, your new house is uh, in, the center, in the Central Valley area. So it just, Bay Area contractors are not going to go to Central Valley to compete. Central Valley contractors are typically 15, 20% lower cost than Bay Area contractors. And Bay Area contractors are usually 10 to 15, 20% less expensive than Marin County contractors. So I was just shocked that they had called me at all. At that point, I realized they had no respect for what a consultant does for a living. And that's a shame. Uh, we earn our keep. Consultants nationally typically earn their keep. If they're doing it right and providing you an independent bid of your project up front before you get a contractor bid, they earn their keep. 
I've had several contractors over the years ask me, why, why do you have that on your website? Can you take that off? I said, what? So right there you say, know your construction costs prior to getting your contractor's bid. Do you realize that puts us in such a bind? I said, we bid the job according to a fair market price. Fair market being the key word. Contractors recognize that homeowners don't typically build a house or renovate a house more than once a lifetime. So contractors will use that to their advantage to take advantage of a of a homeowner. Not all of them do. Don't misunderstand me. I have a lot of respect for a good many contractors. But I also know some that will jack the price up as high as they could get. I mean, we did one in Oxnard, California. The contractor uh, was Hispanic. The client was Hispanic, so they figured he was going to take good care of him. Well, he did. He took good care of his own pocket. He bid 188000 I was brought on the thing, uh, deal, and I used his bid as more or less the scope of work. This is what you want to do. Okay. And then I I did my independent bid and came up. I couldn't get over eighty. I couldn't get over 100000 that's for sure. Um, but my bid was about 88000 Contractor number two came in at eighty-seven and some change. 87000 versus the 188000 that these people had already received from their contractor. So who was doing who a favor by having a bid first? And that's what was recommended to them. Uh, there's a lot of lenders that say, get contractor bids first. They're doing it for a selfish reason. Their clock doesn't start ticking till they start working on the loan. 203K can be closed as fast as a, two, as a 203B, which is the standard FHA loan with no construction. They can be closed as fast as a 203B if you let the system work the way it was intended. And we'll get into that when we get back. From our final break today, call us at 888-627-6008, toll free to be part of the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I thought we'd get a construction loan to fix our home, but they wanted four points and nine percent interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted even more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low interest loan. What a great idea. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine Let it shine, let it shine Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine Welcome back. Call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the program. So, consultants actually... Uh, we quite often save our clients five, six times our fee. Uh, sometimes a lot more than that. We had the one we bid at 159000 Their contractor bid it at 298 I think that's about 135000 different. Their second contractor, we made them find by using the telephone book. And their contractor came in at 161 versus our 159 
at that point, they realized their contract contractor was, uh, in their words, not mine, trying to rip me off. <laughs> no, he didn't. He just saw an opportunity. 24-year-old girl buying her first house ever in Marin County, California. Lordy, lordy, lordy. So if you want to be taken advantage of, get a contractor bid first. Get two or three. They'll be so different. It will shock you and amaze you. Okay, we've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of customers, people. If there's any lenders out there that are looking for some new clients that buy over and over and over again legitimately, they're called nonprofit organizations. You know, they are so safe. They are so safe that you can't go wrong with them. If you're a lender and you're considering a nonprofit organization, get on the phone, dial 888-627-6008 right now and let's talk about it. Or call me at 877-627. That's not right. That doesn't sound right. 627-6565. Something about that number doesn't sound right. Anyway, call us. Go onto our website, Mike. At, uh, excuse me, 203k911.com, and let's let's fill you in on the nuances of dealing with nonprofit organizations. I've got a dozen or two dozen nonprofit organizations that would start buying 203k right now if they only knew where to find a lender uh, that would do it. So that's the big deal. Nonprofit organizations, if you know of a lender that's willing to do a 203k share that lender's name with us if they're doing a good job for you why not give them more business we've got comp uh, places all over the country uh, that would love nonprofits love to buy properties and start flipping them or holding them creating low uh, you know an economic boom but low cost housing in their neighborhoods they're going to create low-cost housing. How can they do that? Well, they're governed on how much profit they can make. They get a 50% discount from HUD by buying HUD foreclosures. 50%, just like Good Neighbor Next Door program for police officers, EMT, and fire department people. They got a 50% discount. So if you're buying a house and HUD has it on the foreclosed list and values that house at 500000 they're going to buy it for 250 and they're going to fix it up and sell it for 275 versus the 500 that it's worth. Okay, maybe it'll cost a little more. Maybe they'll sell it for 400. Whatever they're going to sell it for, it has to be no more than 10% of the profit built into their costs and their overhead. So it's going to be good for the neighborhood. It's going to be good for creating low-cost housing. Um, so it's good all around. So anyway, another question we got that popped up on the Internet was, can I build an ADU using the 203K? What is an ADU? An auxiliary dwelling unit. Auxiliary dwelling unit. Yes, you can use the 203K to add... And ADU. Many counties throughout the country have allowed ADUs to be added to their single-family residential zoning uh, 
requirements because as the demographics change in a neighborhood, there are more and more older people living longer lives who are able to live at home, excuse me, who are able to live at home much longer, okay? Their family may choose to keep them on site at another unit on the property. Question one, can that unit be unattached or detached from the house? No. And I hear some lenders out there, yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can make a detached building. No, you cannot. <laughs> don't tell me I don't know the guideline as good as anybody. Uh, if you're a lender and you're authorizing people to do detached ADUs, you are in violation of the guideline. You may find yourself buying that property back. Okay, it's not going to be guaranteed by HUD or FHA. So it has to have a common wall with the main structure. So if you have a single-family house and you're going to add an ADU, you're going to have to have it attached to the main structure with a common wall, not just attached in the corner uh, or one foot or whatever, and not attached to a, the garage or carport. It must be have a common wall with the, with the house, with the main structure. Now, can I add a garage detached? Yes, you can add a detached garage. But HUD is not stupid. Your consultant is not stupid. So when that garage has a living area above it or a finished storage area above it that has all the smell and feel of a living unit because the electric wire, uh, wires are here and there. Oh, you have stubbed in a bathroom, but you haven't activated the bathroom. I mean, if it looks like an ADU, we're going to know it. And you're breaking the law, and you're asking us to be a, you're committing fraud, and you're asking us to be part of the fraud. No, uh, consultants don't appreciate it when they're unwilling participants in a fraud. They don't want to be involved. They want to stay away from fraud as far as we can get. Uh, so, if it's detached garage, it can be, but it'll have no other smackings of residential. If you want to add a attached garage or an ADU, it must be attached to the main house with a common wall. So you could add a living area and then a garage. The garage by itself can be attached or detached. It doesn't have to be attached as long as the living area is attached. Okay, so I see that we're uh, winding up, but you got to make sure a lot of people or another person asks, can the ADU have separate meters, electrical, water, uh, gas and so forth. Yes, it can have. And if the zoning is right, it can be a duplex. Duplex qualify for larger loans, typically. But if you're going to do that, you have to be sure the zoning will allow it. If you're in a single-family zoning, the ADU would be allowed with no separate meters. So if you're going to try to separately meter and turn this into a duplex, you got to check the zoning and verify that, in fact, 
the zoning is going to allow a duplex. So that's kind of where we are. It looks like we're running up to the end of our time today. Remember, we are brought to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, where the weather's about to change. We're about to get into summer again. And I, for one, am excited about that. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, join us next week, Sunday, between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This broadcast, again, is coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. We look forward to seeing you next time. Please bring your questions and plan on calling in. Um, we have much more fun when there's callers. Until then, may God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. Right.